Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers. And Houston Astros, you can also watch us on the Simulcast Stadium 32.3 and 133 LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111, If you would like to get in, we have two hours of open phone lines. We'll be talking baseball, I'm sure some football, even a little NBA is on the plan anyway. And obviously, day four, week five, or footnote summer project, high school football. I will try to, or endeavor anyway, to review all the ones that have been mentioned so far. And even if we don't get any more called submissions, which hopefully we do, we've had some really good ones. There's another two or three or four that haven't been mentioned yet that uh, I've written down during the week. Either I came up with them or a game or a school or a team that someone that one of the callers call in reminded me of another one for that school kind of thing. That that certainly happened this week. And so we'll be uh, doing that. And tomorrow we will try to narrow this down to 10. Not going to be an easy chore. But it is a glorious Glorious Thursday morning. Um, so yesterday I'm at work and the game's going on and I'm kind of watching, you know, here and there in between interviews and trying to write stories of, of you know, the pitch by pitch little thing you can get on ESPN.com. I know there's probably some high tech people out there or um you know, better tech people, which is just about everyone in the world. Say, well, why didn't you do this? It's just what I do. Okay, so it there's this stretch where it, it, it's not updating. It's like, what's going on here? Like, Verlander's still pitching, and Dominic Smith, I think, was up, and it's not updating. And it just goes, and I keep hitting refresh and refresh, and it's not updating. Like, what's going on? That's the only problem with with doing it that way. Not listening to it on the radio or not watching it on TV or whatever, well, the, whatever other way to do it. But anyway, so I don't know. I'm a little confused. And obviously what was going on right at that point was, they, you know, Pena and El Perro Grande were um, laying on the ground, and who knows what was about to happen. Uh, And so I needed to go to the post office. So it was get it, it, it was the top of the ninth. Verlander got the last out in that eighth inning after they carted off El Perro Grande. And so I said, well, let me do this. Maybe it'll change the Astros' offensive luck if – why, why don't I go make my little run to the post office now? And so I get in the car, drive to the post office, and 
as I'm making the turn right before I turn into the post office, Steve Sparks, listening obviously to the Astros game uh, right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. So Steve Sparks says there's a runner on first and two outs. And Jason Castro, whose batting average most of the season has started with a zero and it now starts with a one, finally. Um, he says, you know what? I think the two swing, the last two swings that Castro took today are the best two swings I've seen him take all year. He said this. He said, I think they're the best two swings I've seen Jason take all season. I think he's starting to come out of it. Now, I'm not saying I said it word for word, but essentially that's what he said. And I'm going, man, that is awesome. I'm, I'm thinking it in my mind. As I'm pulling into the post office parking lot, and I'm like, man, he just called the home run. Like, I, I, I'm just, you know, again, I'm a glass half full fan, so I'm like, I'm thinking, I think Sparks just called a home run. That, I'm, that, it got me pumped up. So I'm, I pull in, and I'm winding through, and I don't know what they were having, but the parking lot was just packed full of people. So I'm having trouble, and I'm, I'm, I am I go through the first little thing, no parking spot, so I wind around going through the second one, and Jason Castro hits a two-run homer, and I'm sitting here celebrating, pumping my fist in the air as I'm trying to drive through this very tight little uh, lane in the parking lot, uh, and just pumped up. So finally... All geeked up, and I and I and I go another one. There's no one. I go another one. There's no one. So finally, I find a parking spot, and right when I pull up, it starts pouring down rain. <laughs> Just pouring. Hear all these people say we need rain. Well, we got some yesterday. It was pouring, and of course, I had to sit there and listen to the bottom of the ninth and all that because it wasn't no. I wasn't gonna get soaking wet, you know. Uh because I was so far from the door because there was so many cars in the parking lot. But anyway, uh, glorious, glorious victory. And, of course, I learned by listening that there was this collision, which I've seen multiple times now since then. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Dusty said last night that the Mets, because of the airport and all the – you know, I think there was 37,000, 38,000 people there. They didn't have a whole lot to cheer about, but – uh, still a buzz, I guess. It's louder than normal, and so it's harder on those pop-ups where I, where infielders and outfielders or outfielders have to communicate with each other. And I mean, they got to do it better. I mean, Pena is so aggressive. It's hard to say. Well, Jeremy, don't be aggressive anymore. You, know, you kind of want him being aggressive, but that's not the first time. I don't. I wonder if Alvarez talks loud enough when he calls people off. I don't know because he's almost run into other people as well. He he has collided with other infielders. It just ha- it wasn't a you know nobody's normally running as fast as Pena was to go get the ball. But what a what a great 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 victory for the Astros yesterday for Jason. Hopefully it'll get Jason Castro going. Maybe by the All-Star break, he'll get hot and won't have to worry about trading for a catcher. Great, great, great victory for the Astros yesterday. All right. Let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Footsie. Howdy, sir. Footsie, no, I I, I was thinking about you because uh, when they ran together, 
I was like, man, Footsie ain't going to be happy about this. No. That's not and good. The short, and the shortstop, uh, he, he, he is nowhere near as big as uh, Alvarez. No. <laughs> no, he is not. <laughs> he is I not. Mean, Alvarez is a big human being. Yes, he is. And, Footsie, I have been to that stadium, just FYI. Uh, those planes are not overly loud. So now, you don't think that's an issue? Field, but, yeah. I mean, it's not like the planes are flying right over the top of the stadium. I don't know. I just, man, we got, you can't take out yourself, man. It's hard enough to continue to be, to stay healthy and everything without taking yourself out. Yeah. Footsie, guess what? What's had, that? Uh, had, uh, I think, and maybe I'm wrong, but I think it might be Grinky Dinky Dong and uh, and uh, well, no, the, because the Kansas City Royals aren't playing. But if the Kansas City Royals would have played today, it would have been Grinky Dinky Dong versus Verlander on uh, July the fourth. Well, Grinky Dinky Dong won two to one yesterday. Had a great outing. Yeah, uh, they beat the a, Rangers. Yeah, he threw yeah. a good game. Yeah. yeah, no, I was. Footsie, I'm paying attention. <laughs> I pay attention. I, I even look at the stands. I look. I, I even look before June first. Oh no! I'll start on June the first. Well, I look on uh, Memorial Day. I got me, you. That's, that's fair. That's, that's close that's, enough. That's, that's close. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good. That works. All right. Now, Footsie, I got a game for you. Okay. I got a game for you, Footsie. This game goes back so far. Hannah's mom and daddy weren't even born. <laughs> no, I'm serious. No, I'm 100% I believe serious. you. I checked, I checked with her whenever I called. Okay. I like speaking to Hannah. You know, like, you know what I'm saying? I like just, you know, making a little, you know, I like just checking on her yeah. to make sure she's doing okay, this, that, the other. You know what I'm saying? I like Hannah. Hannah has a very pleasant personality. That's true. That's true. You know, so, you know, whenever I call, I always ask her how she's doing. And then I asked her. You know how old her mom and daddy was, and they weren't even there. But here we go. All right, Footsie, are you, you ready for this I'm ready. Game? I got the ink pen. Okay. 1975. Okay. 1975. And, and here, here's the deal. One of the teams involved in this game you make fun of. But here's the deal. So in 1975, in the first round of the 2A playoffs, okay, Opelousas Catholic, the defending state champion in 2A, Opelousas Catholic was the defending state champion 2A. They had a 22-game winning streak. All right, you got this? I got it. All right, who comes to town to play? What's the name of that stadium up there in Opelousas? I always want to say Gardner Memorial. Don, no, that's, that's Crawley. It's Donald Gardner. I don't Donald like Gardner. it because when you walk up to the press box, the, there's no the, 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 you can see through the steps, and I'm not real good at height, so I always have to hold my breath to get to that press box because you can see the ground. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, it's been a long time since yeah. I've been there, but I always get the one in Crowley and the one in uh, Opelousas. Anyway, so so uh, the Mamu Green Demons, brother, they come in with a record of 6-4. and four. OC is on a 22-game winning streak. They're the defending state champion. 1975, Opelousas Catholic fumbles the ball. Mamu picks it up and runs 56 yards for a touchdown, so it's 6 to nothing. Now, right before the half, Opelousas Catholic gets them to the Mamu one-yard line. One-yard line. They're getting ready to go in, you know, tie the game, possibly take the lead. The Mamu Green Demons defense stiffens, brother. Backs them up to the 11-yard line. They had three shots from the one. 
But Mamu kept knocking them back, knocking them back, knocking them back. They kicked a field goal. Mamu Green Demon, 6-3 over Opelousas Catholic, who was the defending 2A state champion and had a 22-game winning streak, which was the longest in the state of Louisiana at that time. Something tells me Johnny Bork was on that field that night. So sometimes Johnny Bork listens to the show. So And he's a big Astro fan. And so um, maybe if if Coach Johnny Bork is listening, he can tell us about that game. But, yeah, no, that's a great one. That's a great victory. Now, now, who who would Johnny Bork have coached for? OC. I'm pretty sure he was an assistant coach at OC then. Okay, because the coach the coach for the Mamu Green Demons was Feaster. Right, and, and right, and uh, and Mickey Mills for um, yeah, for OC. Well, but I'm pretty sure that, that Coach. I'm name, pretty sure. Right, I'm pretty sure Johnny Bork was an assistant coach at OC then. And you know what? You know who else was on that team was was Mr. Hargroder. He used to be the manager of uh, Olin's right there on Westmark. Oh, I, okay. I didn't know Mr. Hargroder was a. Uh, I didn't know he played football and all that. Wow. Well, that I don't is know a if you know I, Mr. Hardgrove. No, I don't. But 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 that that's a great history lesson. I love hearing about games that I'm that I'm not familiar with. That's awesome. Yeah, the Mamu Green Demons. You always saying it's not Mamu versus John Curtis. Well, Mamu broke off of Lucas Catholic's 22 game winning streak, <laughs> and they were a defending state champion. So Mamu wasn't always a walkover. <laughs> Mamu might could have beat John Curtis that year. Very well, might have might have been, but I, man, when I when 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 I got it, when I came up with that information, I said, man, we got to put the Mamu Green Demons in because they always getting picked on on this show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I appreciate it, Bitter. Thank you. All right, Footsie. Take care. <laughs> bye bye. And look, I do not I'm not picking. It's a badge of honor to say the Mamu Green Demons. Hey, I've, I made a couple trips to Mamu in recent years. Speaking of rain, man, the, I don't remember what year that was, but somewhere around 2000, 2001, somewhere in that re- area, we had a flood Friday night on high school football, and that most of us, if we've been cut, we remember where we were the night of the flood, the Friday flood. I was in Mamu covering turlings at Mamu. It was so much rain on the field, and I'm not exaggerating. When they put the ball down, it would move. Like when they put the ball down to hike it, there was so much water sometimes the ball would just start moving. They'd have to get the ball back. <laughs> That's how much water was on that field that night. Wow. Unbelievable. All right, let's get one more call before we get to our first timeout. Hello. Morning, Foot. Good morning, what a glorious sir. Day it is, huh? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I saw your Red Sox Man. hung on last night. I saw the end of that game. Oh man, don't bring up that game, man. I mean, I, I mean, it's a victory. The victory, but man, our bullpen is horrendous, yeah, man. But you know, your bullpen has been fabulous. Your closer is just—he's not going to be out all. You know, it's only he can't go to Toronto. That's it. I mean, Jesus Christ! I was—I I, was—I was sitting on the edge of my seat all damn game long, man. That's a good—that's like, a good team. These. You're playing on the road. Great victory. You got to enjoy the victories. I thought we went over this already. Yes, sir. I'm enjoying it. I'm okay. enjoying it. But the reason why I called, man, I was uh, when I seen uh, that uh, Jordan Alvarez uh, gotten gotten hurt, um, that, well, I had called Paul. I was like, bro, you wouldn't believe it, man. I was like, uh, 
El Pedro Grande just got hurt. Boy, you should have heard the, the joy in his voice. Boy, he was and celebrating, huh? Oh, he was over the moon. He's like, he thought his Yankees were going to have an easy path to the World Series, man. And then I, I woke up this morning and seen it was just a concussion or whatever, and it will be out, what, maybe one or two games maybe? Well, if it's a full-fledged concussion, he'll be out for longer than that, but hopefully not too long. I, I don't know exactly what it is. We'll find out. Yes, sir. Uh, but, yeah, man, hopefully, you know, my, our clothes is out, you know, but hopefully we can get it together, you know. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, uh, that's all I wanted to share with you, my man. Oh, oh funny yeah. story I wanted to I wanted to share you real quick. So the other night, uh, I'm watching the uh, the Astros and the Yankees, and my dog's sitting next to me. I put the Astros on. Every time the Yankees would come up to bat, he'd start growling. So even my dog's a, a Red Sox fan. He hates the Yankees. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I just want to I just want to, to to share that with you, All buddy. Right. And uh, thanks for taking my call. And go Red Sox. Take care. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I bet you Paul was celebrating when El Perro was down. No, I like the Yankees' chances of winning tonight. By the way, Yankees play the Astros 5-10 first pitch, and you can hear that game right here on 103.7. Lafayette on 104-1 one leg Charles. But, you know, you go on a road trip, you build it up, you're playing the two teams with the best records in in baseball and in their respective leagues, and you should have been 8-0. I mean, you know. Well, I know the first two games were in Houston. But anyway, it was this big stretch. And and now I know this is the ninth game of this New York stretch, but I, I'm just wondering they might be without Pena and, and, and El Perro. And plus, I think you just kind of take a breather a little bit. And the Yankees know that they got really, they got inning to inning, they got crushed. Even though they got they earned a split, and it's to their credit, they scratched and clawed, found a way to get a split, although I don't think they had much to do with it. The first one was the umpire, and the second was the it was their own ineptness is what got them to win because they got no hit. But um, by the Astros, that's the only reason why they won the second one. But anyway, they got two wins, and I, I think they need to prove to themselves that that they can uh, beat the Astros straight up, which they haven't done yet this season. But um, so I really like the Yankees' chances of winning tonight. But we'll see what happens. It's baseball; you never know. All right, we'll take a timeout. And come back on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Do your loved ones run for cover when watching a game with you? Then Footnotes is the show for you. Time for more Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Want to remind you about Astro giveaway number three. It is Saturday, July the 30th against the Seattle Mariners. You can win the you can win this great Astro weekend getaway which includes four tickets to the Saturday game, hotel accommodation that night, and a tour of Minute Maid Park. But you can't win if you don't join the game clubhouse. So go to 1037thegame.1037lafayette or 1041 Lake Charles. Register for the clubhouse. You might win Astro tickets. 
for Astro Weekend Getaway 3 against the Fighting Mariners. Astro Weekend Getaways powered by Butcher Air Condition, La Meridian, Houston downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. 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 How you doing? Good. How you doing, Kev? Hey, I know that voice. I was just talking about the man, and there he is, Coach Johnny Moore. Yeah, I heard you, man. Our Astros are doing well. Oh, man, are they doing well. Unbelievable. <laughs> man, the big guy's hitting the ball. He's crazy. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. So so tell me, were you yeah. on the field that night? Yes, I was. <laughs> so tell us about that game Bitter was bringing up. Okay, uh... We'd won state the year before, and I think we had a better football team that year. But Kinder had beaten Mamu a few weeks earlier real bad, and our players saw the film, and we just didn't get up for the game. Now, to Mamu's credit, Bill Feaster did a great job. Gerald Laughlin was coaching then with him. Wow. And had a big guy, uh, Gaspard. And you remember John Jack, the coach at the Feaster Boys? They had a good football yes, team. Yes, sir. And then uh, we're playing, and there's a fumble. The referee marks the ball down with his foot, whistle blows, and famous Amos LeBlanc picks it up and starts running. The referee looks around, and he starts chasing him. It's good. you know. We called it the association that looked at the film, but you can't correct anything. Right. But they, they, they deserve to win. I mean, they played hard. At the end of the game, Raymond Hargrove was our quarterback. Mr. Bennett talked about. And uh, we had three downs. So we had three pass plays, just throw it quick, less than 30 seconds. He goes back to pass. They rush him. He runs the football. They tackle him on the one. The clock runs out. Oh. Oh, man. It was, you know, and what was bad, uh, our kids had played so hard. And then to go in the game, not ready. And Mamu had a good football team. Uh and Coach Fisa always did a good job, and Gerald Lawson. But uh, that was heartbreaking because we had a, a real good shot to go for, you know. All right, so uh, we don't get to talk to legendary coaches on this show very often. And <laughs> I don't know if you heard, we're doing heartbreaking high school football losses yeah. this week. So I know, you know, you've had a lot of great wins and I'm sure a lot of tough losses. Give me one or two of your most heartbreaking losses you've uh, you've been a part of. Well, I think the biggest one, we lost, in the, we were undefeated. We went to play Wasp in the state semifinals. Uh, we got to be 6 3. We were 12 and 0. They had watered the field down and coated it. And we had our regular cleats and they had those long ones. So we, after half, you couldn't stand up anymore. And uh, we lost out. And a chance to get to the dome, you know, that was probably the most heartbreaking game because that was a good football team. Rambo squad. Now, now and, about uh, about what year are we talking about, Coach? About 85, 86, somewhere around there. I got gotcha. you. Know? Yeah, so this was like uh, three three years yeah. after you won the state championship, something like yeah, that. Yeah, we came back, and it was three years after. And uh, it was a heartbreak because our kids had played so hard. And, uh, but 
and one step from the dome. You know, nobody remembers those guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, oh, it, yeah. it's amazing. We're gonna have we're gonna have some tough ones to um when, tomorrow. I'm gonna try to narrow it down to ten because we got more than ten already. I mean, just there's some been some great victories and then some just heartbreaking losses. And you know how it goes, Coach. Fans like yeah. me and coaches like you, I think the losses hurt more than the wins feel oh, yeah. good. Oh, we lost to Crowley one time. And the last play of the game, just about it, the Thursday before, we ran this play that we thought Crowley might run in two-minute offense. Oof, we stopped it. Getting the game, they run the exact same play, except this time it's touchdown. <laughs> you know, the fans are saying, "Where are the hell the coaches?" You know, you can't tell them. We went over that the night, the day before. You know, you, you got to take the blame for it. But uh, yeah, that's some interesting things that happen. You know, during games. But you remember those losses a lot. Oh boy, you remember. Well, it's gr- it's great to hear from you as always, and I'm glad you're still following our Astros. Hopefully, oh, yes. they can take us home. Oh yes, Astros. The pitching's been great. Man. Oh, it's tremendous, tremendous pitching. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Best of luck to y'all. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Coach Johnny Bork. Uh, I I know he listens sometimes because the few times I get to see him, he always, you know, he listens. You can tell. So I was was hoping he he was listening. That was awesome. And it was not planned. I mean, you know, I just hoping that he was listening. Because when he said that, I I, I thought I remembered that Coach Bork was on on Mickey's staff back back then i've heard all the stories that was before my time i was nine years old when that happened and i wasn't really following high school football but the saints were not good in 75 oh man they were not good in 75 but anyway um that was um that was a treat always a treat to talk to johnny bork but uh no that's um I don't know. I may have heard about that Wasman loss, but that's another one. So that's two games I've heard today that I was kind of aware of, um, unaware of. And so I love, I love hearing that kind of stuff. All right. Speaking of the Astros, and I, I, I'm, I, I kind of started to make this point yesterday, and then I, I think we got diverted, uh, and that's okay. Um, I, I'm. I'm starting to sense, I'm starting to hear some realizations are starting to come in. Um, John Hyman, who's a writer in the, you know, he's part of the, what I call that um, ESPN division national media who thinks all of baseball revolves around the Red Sox and the Yankees uh, and which order that is depending on, you know, where you're from. And he wrote a story over the weekend and basically said, look, y'all, look, Yankee fans, y'all need to get over this Jose Altuve stuff. He's obviously very good. He had very little to nothing to do with this whole trash can silliness. And his biggest point was it's not working, so you might as well stop cursing him out because he keeps hitting home runs against you and beating you. So that that was uh, kind of funny the way he wrote it, but also I think he's trying to educate Yankee fans. Yeah, you can hate, and yeah, you can boo, and it's all part of the fun of the game. But you know, the the basis of what you're arguing about is phony. It's 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 not accurate. Is is basically what he got about it. I saw um, there was a Yankee fan that called 
um, Boomer and Geo's show over the uh, Monday or Tuesday. Maybe it was yes. Maybe it was Tuesday. Sometime this week. And he basically said, look, we split. It's great. But the Astros always beat us when it counts. And it lo- they out- clearly outplayed us in this series. So he was getting it. And then Boomer even said, now Boomer's a Mets fan, to, to, to be accurate here. Boomer's not really a Yankee fan. He's a Mets fan. But he's like, the Astros are better. So at least some people are starting to realize, again, all that silliness is part of it when you when, – when you, when when the Astros took the fall for what a lot of the league was doing, or you could argue most of the league was doing, when the Astros took the fall for it because they did the, they did it in the stupidest way of all the teams, and probably you know in that case I guess they deserve to take the fall for it. But when they did, the, so many of the comments and that are, that are still being made, um, just so I just, they're just ignorant. Again, you can be petty. We're all petty to some extent with certain teams and players. I get that. It's all part of it. But last night on a national program on this show, on this station, I should say, I don't even know the guy's name. And he he was one of the guys that he still believes in the, you know, the Astros cheated. And, and again, did the Astros cheat in that they violated the rules? Absolutely. Is that why they were good that year? If you really believe that, you're not paying attention. Come on now. I mean, it's just how good have they been? But And that was this guy's point. Even though he said, look, they cheated when they won the World Series. You know how many teams have cheated since they won the World Series? Anyway, but his point was over the last five or six seasons, and again, this is a national guy, doesn't like the Astros, buys all that cheating junk. Um he said of the last five or six seasons in all the sports that we follow that the most well-run organization is the Golden State Warriors, and in his opinion, number two is the Houston Astros, more than the Chiefs, more than all these other teams. And uh said, you know what? Somebody's starting to figure it out. Somebody. Now, I'm not talking about here not locally or regionally. I'm talking about national guys who buy all that propaganda that's been thrown out there. It's 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 start it's it's gonna happen, and hopefully long term, um, it continues to go in that direction. All right, wanted to make that point. We will take a timeout, come back making a few more points, and then we'll you know at some point today, I'm gonna get a little bit to the NBA, have a few football thoughts, and then we need to continue to do some um, work on our footnote summer project. We'll get that done. Don't worry. Time out on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. June 30th, 1965, NFL Commissioner Pete Rozelle grants ownership of the Atlanta Falcons to Rankin Smith Sr., Executive VP of Life Insurance Company of Georgia. Rankin pays a then-record $8.5 million for the Falcons. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome. 
Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Want to remind you, well, not remind you, inform you. This is something new. The game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with a new Apple Watch. It's probably a good thing that I can't win this as an employee because I wouldn't know how to operate anyway, right, Hannah? Like, I wouldn't know what I was doing with an Apple Watch. But anyway, all you have to do is join our brand-new text club. Simply text GAME to 288-8100. Text GAME to 337-288-8100. Once you join... You will be eligible to win an Apple Watch. Plus, you will have a chance to win other great prizes like Astro tickets and so much more. It's the Game Text Club. Find out more of how to do it at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. All right, the game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111. If you would like to get in, I want to... Give credit to someone whose name, we kind of mentioned it yesterday, but Mark Appel, when, when you, it's kind of, if, if you're a Saints fan and someone brings up the name Jonathan Sullivan, you automatically start getting a stomachache. Like you just, you just start like, where are my tums or rollades, whatever. I mean, like, it just makes you sick to think about it. Jonathan Sullivan. And the Astros version of that is Mark Appel. Picked him number one overall. He's one of only three pitchers ever to be drafted number one overall to have not made it to the major leagues. But he ended that. Yesterday, he's 30 years old. He stuck with it. You got to give him credit. And he's from Stunford. Okay. Ironically, Jason Castro was from Stunford, and, and and he made he made us very happy yesterday as Astro fans with his clutch two run homer in the top of the ninth, but uh, with two outs and a runner on first. But Mark Appel, also from Stunford, um, hung in there this season at AAA. He was 5-0 and with a 161 ERA. So you got to give the man credit for hanging in there. He had plenty of chances to give up. Awful draft pick by the Astros. Awful. But at 30 years old, he made his Major League debut. And so while we crush the guy all the time, you got to give him credit for hanging in there and getting to the major leagues. I, you know, he's with the Phillies. I don't know what kind of career he's going to have. I mean, 30's old, but it's not that old. I mean, he, he could still have a, a representative. If he does well, like for the next four, five, six years, he could have a representative major league career. By the way, the other two, pitchers who didn't make it to the major leagues drafted that high. Brian Taylor was one of them. The Yankees drafted him. This phenom, and he got hurt. He never did anything. And I think the other guy's name was like Pete Chilcutt. Long, long time ago. I've heard the name, certainly, but I couldn't tell you much about what his story was. But um, 
So, again, good for, for Mark Appel. We'll see what kind of career he had. The other thing going on right now in a lot of the national sports talk is the NBA free agency. And my question is, is Jalen Brunson really worth all this? Is Jalen Brunson that good? He had a couple great games. Cannot. He got an ugly shot. Don't like the way he shoots at all. Of course, I didn't like the way Phillip Rivers threw the football, but he had a pretty good career. But, man, I know everything the Knicks does, everything that the New York Knicks organization does turns out awful, okay, for the most part. So I think my question a couple years from now or a year from now, we're going to be saying, Ball, what was all that fuss about Jalen Brunson? For Jalen Brunson's sake, he, he better, like, go to the Heat. There's some talk about maybe the Heat getting him. The Knicks, is, is that really going to work out? Does anybody, like, why? It, I don't get that. I don't know. I mean, I think Jalen Brunson's a good piece. But if you're going to spend all this money at to, for Jalen Brunson to kind of turn things around, I don't know about that. I don't, I don't know about that. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So I, I'm not, I don't dive into NBA free agency just like I don't spend every day thinking and talking about what the Brooklyn Nets are doing. They're talking about Aiton going to the Nets, though. If Aiton goes to the Nets and they get anything at all from Bozo, um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe the Nets might finally be worth talking about next year. Who knows? But, um, and then Harden's trying to be a good guy and seem unselfish. I don't know. So far, NBA free agency is kind of, it still is not something that I would, I'm going to spend a lot of time and thought into, but I don't get the whole Jalen Brunson thing. I think he's a nice player, but an impact player, like really what chances does this have of working for the New York Knicks? Because everything the Knicks do is ends up being not good. That's why they're the Knicks. I don't, I don't know if it's ever going to happen. I think the Jets have a better chance of coming out of this hole that they've been in than the Knicks do. The Knicks are just, they're in, they're in bad shape. Plus, they're, you know, the teams that are around them are run so much better than them. Like the Heat, the stupid Celtics, and in their conference, you know, teams like the Bucks. The Sixers are a clown show most of the time too. That that kind of helps. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't see the. I don't see the fuss about Jalen Brunson. Way too much fuss on him. Good player, but is he good enough to turn around? That I don't know if you know. LeBron would be good or big enough to turn around the Knicks. That clown show. All right, let's do this. We'll take a timeout. Give us some. Um, Time to talk about one or two things before we get to the second hour. In the second hour, we're going to get back to our footnote summer project. Appreciate Coach Johnny Bort calling in uh, and Bitter calling in. With uh, We got one or two more games there that I wasn't really aware of. So we'll see. We'll add that to this very impressive growing list. And I don't know how we're going to come up, narrow it down to 10 tomorrow, but we're going to give it the old college try, as they say. 
All right, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back, finish out the first hour next on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Want to remind you, Got to join the game clubhouse. When you do so, you'll earn points. You'll have a chance to get all kind of excellent prizes like Astro Weekend Getaways, $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse, a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House, or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. All kind of prizes that come up. The funnel to do so to become eligible is to go to the website, join the game clubhouse today by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. So sign up today. All right. We talked a little bit about the NBA and uh, some thoughts I have there. As far as the NFL, you know my thoughts on Baker Mayfield. You know, some people – some people need nicknames to get your point across about them. Baker Mayfield, I don't even need to give him a nickname. All you got to do is say Baker Mayfield. I mean, that just says it all. Just how you say his name just says it all. He doesn't even need a nickname. Baker Mayfield. Some people now starting to believe that the start starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns next year is going to be Baker Mayfield. I just don't believe that. I just, I think the Cleveland Browns realize that he was a third-round talent at best and not the Russell Wilson kind of third-round talents. Not, no, 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 not that kind of third-round talent. Russell Wilson had more than a third-round talent. He just happened to be drafted in the third round. Baker Mayfield... Is a true third or fourth round talent guy who got drafted number one overall, Baker Mayfield. I just, I just can't believe that's going to happen. That would be shocking. And I still don't know. I guess Seattle's in transition. I heard someone make the comment yesterday, and I, I don't, I don't. It's hard for me to believe this because they've won for so long. And I don't know that that's in their coaching staff's DNA. But I heard someone say that, that that make the claim that they believe that the Seahawks are going to tank this season. You know, I don't. You know, you know what I think of all that tank tanking for two and all that silliness, silliness like that. It's silliness. But. Um, so say the quarterbacks coming out next year from Alabama or Ohio State's gonna they're gonna be fabulous, outstanding, all of that. I don't, I don't know how much I buy all that. I believe they're gonna be better than this year's crop for sure. No, I, that that doesn't take me much. Uh, it won't take much convincing to convince me of that. But I don't know. I'm not. Um, I I would be surprised if Seattle tanked it. Because they're just too competitive in their DNA, I think. I, I don't think that's going to happen. But And plus, they're going to win 
two or three or four home games just because it's a tough place to play at home and you got to travel to Asia. I literally know what that's like now. I literally can say, I know what it's like to travel to Asia because I actually did it a few weeks ago. But, um, but no, I think Seattle will be one of, one of the teams. They'd have a tough time taking. So I don't really buy that. So I don't know what their future plans are at quarterback. I mean, you got Drew Locke, who I still think could be a better quarterback than most people think he could be. You know, Drew Locke's had some of the similar situation that Baker, Baker Mayfield has had in that you've had different offensive coaches the difference is I think Baker Mayfield's offensive line way better than the offensive line Drew Locke's played with the last few years. So Drew Locke's never really played with a good offensive line. He's had different coordinators almost every year he coached. I mean, he tried to play. And so there are, you know, their offense just it wasn't especially his first year, it just wasn't very good. And so we'll see how all that plays out. But ah, Baker Mayfield back with the Browns, I just can't see that happening. Uh, it would be funny. I mean, I don't have any love for the Browns. I mean, it, do, it doesn't take Baker, it doesn't take a great quarterback to beat the Saints if you play for the Cleveland Browns. Many awful quarterbacks have beaten the Saints with a Browns jersey. So hopefully that doesn't happen this year. That'll do it for the first hour. Another hour to follow on the game. One zero three seven Lafayette. One zero four one Lake Charles. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers. And Houston Astros, you can watch us on the simulcast, Stadium 32.3 and on 133 LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111 on this glorious Thursday morning. Game nine of the Astros nine-game New York stretch is tonight. Astros are six and two on this stretch. Should be 8-0. Shoulda, woulda, coulda be 8-0. Uh, I don't really like the circumstances of this game tonight. 5-10 first pitch. You can hear the game right here on 1037 Lafayette or 1041 Lake Charles. You know, I think when you come off a successful trip like the Astros did, you kind of breathe, you kind of, you know, you get all fired up and you perform you pick up your level of play a little bit because the truth of the matter is the Astros weren't playing that great before this uh you get fired up and you pick up your level of play and you play better you make some mistakes but again it's been like 11 days since somebody went for since a batter went to the plate and the Astros were not did not have the lead or were t- or was tied they haven't trailed in a, in the last 11 or was it 12 days now playing the supposedly the best teams in baseball pretty impressive but again that, you got to pay the piper for that stuff too i mean you know that that that's too long 
And so the I think the Piper's going to get paid. And I think the Yankees know they got their faces crushed last weekend, even though it was a split. And so I think they're going to be even more resolved to kind of save face a little bit. And so I really think the Yankees are going to win tonight. But like I said, it's baseball. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I wouldn't think Jeremy Pena and El Pedro Grande will play tonight. That certainly wouldn't help the Astros' cause. Uh, Luis Garcia against Luis Severino, 5-10 first pitch. I got a warning during the top of the hour from an old friend who kind of believes a lot of, looks at sports in a lot of ways like kind of like I do. Not in every way. We disagree a lot, but we agree a lot as well. And he said, you better leave Baker Mayfield alone. Baker Mayfield said, you better leave him alone because you, you're always on his case. And he's it's going to come back to bite you. One day, Baker Mayfield is going gonna, is gonna to get the Saints, get me is what he's saying, by getting the Saints, and I'm going to pay the piper for all of this, for all the times that I said, Baker Mayfield. Well, my argument is I'm just saying the man's name. Baker Mayfield. That's all I'm doing is saying his name. And if Baker Mayfield ever gets the Saints, it's going to be because of his teammates. It ain't going to be because of him. He'd just be along for the ride like he was. He got way too much credit for he got way too much credit for beating the Pittsburgh Steelers in a playoff game when 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 the Cleveland Browns defense forced like 74 turnovers. I mean, how many turnovers did they have in that game? Literally, it was like eight or nine of them. And people give Baker Mayfield credit for winning a playoff game when his defense forced like 80 turnovers. I mean, that was seriously, I think it was eight turnovers they had in that game. Like some sort of record. But to his point, I might need to think about that. So I'll try to tone it down because I don't want to, you know, I take credit. Like I got on Bregman's case, got on Bregman's case. And since then, Bregman's been hitting much better. I took credit for that. So to his point, I need to chill on Baker Mayfield or I might get the blame if he, you know, wins a big game against the Astros forever. He, you know, I mean, against the Saints, whoever he's playing for, somewhere down the road. Let's hope that's not the case for sure. So I'll, I'll keep that in mind. It's a fair point. I won't say Baker Mayfield maybe quite as often as I do sometimes. So it's a fair point. Very fair. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, Foot. Uh, one one quick thing, man. Uh, when you, I was listening to you the last segment, and you were, uh, I, I always, uh, I, I always thought, what would be a good nickname for Paul? And when you you said something about about Petty, I was like, that has a good ring to it, Petty Paul, because he's still bringing up that he always <laughs> brings up the Astros cheating, and and we were just having a conversation this morning about uh, Jose Altuve, man. I was like, dude, give the man some credit. He's five foot six, knee high to a grasshopper, 
and he's slamming home runs like there's no tomorrow. But, yeah, that's his new nickname, Petty Paul. And have a good one. Thanks All for right, taking my take call. Go Red Sox. I call the man delusional, but Petty Paul works. It works. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. There's no need to fear. Baker Mayfield is here. <laughs> Baker Mayfield. Uh, unbelievable. Again, look, I don't like Baker Mayfield. The way he handles himself, you know, I think he's a punk. I, you know, from the first time I saw him play in college, I thought he was a punk. But it's, again, the my problem would, if people would have just evaluated him accurately, you know, you get this guy and you and you make him number one overall and then all the QWs overrate him and give him all the credit for being on a team that runs the football like like just about it better than anybody in the whole league and that and and plays defense and they want to give Baker Mayfield a credit all right i'm i'm being cor- i'm being corrected they had five turnovers not eight. Okay. But they were plus five. Like, how hard is it to win a playoff game when you're plus five? I exaggerated. It seemed like it was more than that. It seemed like every time I looked, they were had some sort of um, turnover going on. All right. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Mr. Foote, how you doing, Kevin? Hello, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, man. Uh, this is a little bit of a, a change of pace, a little a little uh, change up, if you will. Uh, I know you're still talking about football, but uh, I I I kind of getting my juices flowing about about this Saints football season coming up, and you know I, it 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 kind of came across with the uh, Kamara deal, and I know you and I were worried about the running back situation, uh, and and we thought we we thought they should have drafted a running back in the draft and they didn't and then they got this guy out of Baylor, Abram Smith, uh, as an undrafted, you know, free agent. And so, you know, I looked at him when when they got him and I was like, man, he's a, you know, he looks like he's gonna be a good player. But just here recently with the Kamara, you know, talks about him going back to court in August and whatnot and his suspension may be looming. I went back and I looked at at, at some of Abram Smith's highlights and kind of just put on the film and and I looked at the stats and I'm like 1600 yards rushing. His first year playing running back as a starter, uh, after switching from linebacker, that that in itself is 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 impressive. I still don't uh, know why he wasn't drafted. Now look, I'm not talking about Saints full fledged yet because I'm trying to I'm trying to not get. I mean, I'm so excited about this Saints season, and it's so fascinating to me, and I think this is the best roster the Saints have ever had. And so I'm trying to just push that away a little bit so I don't it doesn't totally consume me. But, no, I don't get the whole Abram Smith, why he wasn't drafted thing. I'm glad he wasn't drafted. And I know some people in the SEC try to laugh at the Big 12, but it's still a Big 12 and 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 the man rushed for 1600 yards to he, he couldn't even he wasn't even drafted in the 7th round. I don't get it, but I I hope he turns out to be a star. 
I, I don't get it either. But when I put the film on and I put the tape on, and I'm like, man, it, it just gave me like an eerie feeling like, okay, I've seen this before. And and he kind of reminds me of Kamara, but just with, with, with power. So he, he runs with, with with speed and power, and I'm like, man. And what they talked about, I heard uh, some of the guys from the Big 12, and this was like months ago during the season, and I found this on YouTube when they were talking about uh, – you know, one of the players in the Big 12 that, that just was having an amazing season, and they talked about him, and they said how the offense was a perfect fit for his running style, that one, put your foot in the ground and either get upfield or get around the corner, but they said they talked about him always moving forward, and I, I kind of thought about the way our team is structured with with Landry, with Olave, with Thomas and those wide receivers that where you, you, you can't bring uh, extra safety in the box. You know, that's assuming we get good quarterback play, but I'm like, man, this is, this is, they actually got a little hidden gem that they're not really talking about. You, it's hard to really see those guys and in, 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 in see the vision when they got charts and charts and uh, helmets on, but when the pads come on, that's when you can kind of see, okay, this guy runs with power. He runs behind his pads. He could actually do some things. So, uh, I'm interested. He's one of the, the top guys I'm interested in seeing uh, this coming this training camp. So I, I just wanted to give you a call and just kind of get you. Juice I know. Uh, I, I appreciate it. Might, <laughs> I might not, I might have trouble sleeping tonight because I'm trying. Again, there's no question that's been in the back of my mind, but I'm trying to not think about it right now. It is very possible, and you're absolutely correct. It is very possible that. He is the solution to the problem, okay, with neon lights. That's very possible. But the after going through what we went through last year, I want him to be kind of a, even though it's not unexpected because we're talking about it here in June and we talked about it in May and April as well, We we I want that to be more of an insurance policy and I want to have a veteran there just in case. And if this guy beats out the veteran there and they want to go with it, fine. I just don't want to have to depend on an undrafted rookie to, to save the season. But if he does, I'm all for it. Right, right. And you still got Mark Ingram and you still got, uh, you know, uh, Tony Jones. But, I mean, you know, I think he's more of a, of a camp body than anything. I don't, I don't, I don't see him making this team. No, I don't see him making uh, the team either. With the additions that, that yeah. we brought in. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm just excited, man. I'm, I'm not sure that Kamara's going to get suspended the first part of the season, and it'll probably be kind of what happened to uh, Mighty Mouse last year where he got suspended in the middle of the well, season. Well, I'd rather him – if he's going to get suspended, I'd rather it be the first six games. Really, I would. I'd rather do it and get it out. The back half of the schedule is where they really need him. The only problem with that is Abram Smith might be more able to help if it's really going to be him or whoever later in the year than, than right off the bat. But we'll see how that works out. We, we'll just do some breaks. After last season, the Saints better get the breaks this year. Or I might just, yes, have, sir, melt, yes, may, I might just have a meltdown. But anyway, thanks for the call, sir. You're welcome. Take care. No, seriously, uh, believe me, I have all those thoughts every once in a while, but I keep pushing them away. I, I'm, I'm trying to push football season away. I can't take it yet. My mind has to relax. It was it, Last year was one of the most mentally anguishing seasons ever for the Saints. 
not for a lot of y'all, but for me, because I started hearing all of this false propaganda about how there was a, this major rebuild, and, and, and I'm like, what are y'all talking about? It's one of the best rosters the Saints have ever had. And then, and then they had all of this, you know, bad luck after bad luck after bad luck, and it's just the bad news and bad news and bad news, and we need some good news this year. We need some good news. So I'm trying to push it away, but it's coming. We learned that we learned on Monday. Friday is July. That's tomorrow. Training camp starts in July. And just to inform you, um, program note, uh, communicated with our friend Luke Johnson of the advocate Nola.com yesterday. And as of now, things can change. But as of now, on Thursday at 9.15, plan on having Luke on a week from today. See what Luke has to think about the offseason and Abram Smith and my sanity. Luke likes to laugh at my sanity or insanity, whichever way you look at it. He's good for me, though. He, he calms me down most of the time. We don't always agree. That's okay. No, James, I, I, I get it. <laughs> I'm just trying to trying to pace myself. My man's got to pace himself. I know my limits. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back on the game, 103.7 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Do your loved ones run for cover when watching a game with you? Then Footnotes is the show for you. Time for more Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The game hotline is 706-0111. Want to remind you, Astro Weekend Getaway, number three, Saturday, July the 30th, against the Seattle Mariners. You could win four tickets to that Saturday game, hotel accommodations, and a tour of Minute Maid Park. But you can't win if you don't join the game clubhouse. Do that today. You become eligible to win Astro Weekend Getaway, powered by Butcher Air Conditioning, La Meridian, Houston Downtown, and the game. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. All right. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111. We did a little bit of it. Bitter had a great suggestion, and we got to talk to Coach Johnny Bork. And he gave a heartbreaking loss that he had as the head coach of the Eunice Bobcats, the Wassman, sometime 85-86 range. I wanted to go try to go over real quick some of the nominations we've had so far and discuss a few more. All right, we've got Carbro Bridge in 93 when apparently Patrick Sertain and the Car Cougars cheated with the clock. We've got uh, John Curtis beating 
Turlings in 82. We've got Amit beating Cecilia 21-20. Jamaican Dartez's last game, state semifinals, 1994. Boy, that was a heartbreaker. We've got, this one's going to be tough to beat, the St. Martinville version. How would you say Pasorchik in St. Martin Parish lingo? But uh, this was the, if you've ever, if you know anything about the miracle of the Meadowlands, this is the St. Martin Parish version of Joe Pasarchik and Herman Edwards. Uh, Neville 25, St. Martinville 21, state semifinals 2004. Katiana loses to Central in 08, 10 to 7, and 09 in the, in the semifinals, and, and in 07 lost to Catholic in the quarterfinals. Crazy game. One play. I've never seen a game turn on one play where one game where the the result of one play, a fumble, turned a game that would have been a blowout in one direction to a double-digit win in the other direction. And that's why when it's a blowout in a lot of games and an official's call or a coach's decision or a fumble or an interception and people say, oh, it don't matter, they lost by three touchdowns anyway. Eh, that You don't know how that's going to turn out. I don't buy that junk. I think about this game a lot when people say that. One play turned this in, that entire football game around. Uh, John, John, Jonesboro Hodge beating Iota in 1990, 14 to 10. Um, Turlings losing to Lorville in the Derwin Antoine block field goal in 86. We talked about uh, Katiana losing 43 42. To Hornville in overtime, agonizing loss. Just agonizing. Sam Hornville losing to John Curtis, 14-11 in 1987. Uh, Manny gave us a Kaplan losing on, to Edie White on an onside kick in 95 in the playoffs. We had a Notre Dame loss in 84 to John Curtis. That was discussed yesterday quite a bit. Um, we had Turlings losing um, to John Curtis. Let's see what else I have written down here. Oh, yeah, no, that was um, the man from South Lafouche called yesterday, and it was a West Erath losing to West St. Mary. That, that, that was a tough loss. And then today we, we talked about the OC Mamu game. A couple more games that I want to mention, and then we'll get back to um, the hotline. In, uh, let's see, 2001. Brobridge lost to Salmon 23 to 21 on a 49-yard field goal on the last play of a game in the playoffs. Can you imagine in high school football losing on a 49-yard field goal in the state quarterfinals on the last play of the game? That has not happened very often. Because not that many field high school kickers can make a 49-yard field goal. That was a rough way to lose. Salmon beating Brobridge. Another one I want to mention, and we talked about Mamu earlier today, and we talked about this game. You know, Bitter tries to keep saying that I that I make fun of Mamu, but I don't. We had the Mamu happy hour, the Mamu power hour, remember? Our friend came on, and we talked about some great Mamu moments, and one of the, the Mamu power hours that we had, we talked about this game, and our friend Tommy Battons talked about it when he's been in. They're going to have to help me with the year. I want to say this happened about 04, 05. Westminster should have won the game. 
Mamu blocked a field goal and returned it for a touchdown. Kind of similar to the Derwin-Antoine Turlings thing back in 86. But uh, this was a hard – I want to say this was the quarter, state quarterfinals as well. Anybody out there from Westminster or Mamu or just remember that, help me with the details. I should know it, but my mind my mind gets cra- goes crazy sometimes. But um, this was about, I don't know, 04, 05, 06, somewhere in there. And I'm pretty sure it was a quarterfinal game. Mamu had the wide receiver that went play in the Big Ten. And um, – he blocked a, they blocked a Westminster field goal, returned it for a touchdown to win that game. And I don't know if Tommy Battles listened. I've already tried this once, but it, it, it and it worked with Coach Bork. I don't know if it would work again. But Tommy Battle could give you all the details because he was the head coach of Westminster in that game. Incredible. Victory. And again, that's, a, that's one of the local ones where, you know, the heartbreaking depends on who you were rooting for. But for Westminster, believe me, that was a heartbreaking loss. Another one between two area teams where it was a heartbreaking loss. About that same time, 05, 06, somewhere right in there, uh, Brobridge beat St. Martinville in overtime in the state quarterfinals on a play where the St. Martinville people will tell you that John Williams – knee touched the ground before he made this fourth down touchdown pass to extend the game. Looked like St. Martinville had the game won. The St. Martinville people will tell me will tell you his knee was down, that it wasn't called. He threw a, on fourth down a touchdown pass into the end zone. And so great controversy there, dramatic game. And again, great victory for Brobridge, but for St. Martinville, that was some serious heartbreak. Man, St. Martinville's been on this list. They've had some serious heartbreak. Three or four of the best nominations here were St. Martinville. A lot, lot, of, lot of heartache in St. Martinville. <laughs> we had Cecilia. We've had St. Martinville. We've had Brobridge. Man, they've had some heartbreaking losses. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Morning, Foot. Good morning, sir. Oh, stupendous, glorious morning. <laughs> but one, you're not saying. We're going to kill that right there. There's nothing saying about you. Now, you, even though I hate to agree with you, all right about my neck, you know, because of some slack. Jalen you know Brunson is not good, that good. Why are you spending all this equity on that guy? He's just a good I'm player. To, I'm trying to figure out what's wrong with our organization. I don't know what to think, but I'm looking to – Retire, hang my jersey up until that owner is gone. Some got to stay. I don't know what's wrong with the Knicks. Now, you know you are right about Baker. They did some trash. And they had, he when he came in the league, he had the most turnovers or the most interceptions since he came in the league. I forgot which one it is. So that says a lot about that guy. Now, Foot, now, there's a thing, you know, the worst fans in the world, I believe, is delusional fans. And I say that because, you know, that guy Martin is very delusional, you know. You see, I rank in, if you pull for these teams, how delusional you are. You know, you got Cowboys number one. You got LSU 1A. You got Astros number three and Red Sox number four. That's the art of delusional fans. Now, you see, they have a thing called Save the Whales. You need to save Martin. That man is really off his rockers. Maybe he had some paint chips when he was young. I don't know. 
There's something wrong with that guy. But now, nah, down the business, though, Foot. About this game tonight, Foot, this is what I look at. Bad circumstance game for the Astros. Huh? I think it's a bad circumstance game for the Astros. I, I don't I don't like their yeah. chances tonight. I love it. I love it. You got what? You got Michael Brantley hurt. You got yep. the juice. The guy taking the steroids. That's his nickname, the juice. He hurt. No, his name is and, El Pero Grande. No, 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 no. The juice. The juice. He owned the juice. I'm telling no, you. No, he's he not the on juice. the juice. No. And you got another one that's hurt. So when I look at this, it's kind of like you're falling into what the Yankees usually be an injury prone. So this might not be our year. It's called Pain the Piper. Oh no, we ain't there. There's no piper to be paid for us. Oh yeah, y'all, 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 y'all are the ones trying to act like the Mariners trying to win 120 some games or something. No, y'all, y'all, the, y'all, y'all the one messing with the piper. Astros are Astros are they, they in good position. After the All Star break, get ready. I'm gonna start calling you the New York Mariners. No, that's that's y'all great. Come on. Oh no, Lou Pinella's gonna be y'all manager the second half of the season. We we're gonna win this game. We're gonna break that tie. I don't want you to come on the air tomorrow by cheating. I want to hear you and Martin. And Just don't cheat. I tell it like it is. If we cheat, I say we cheat. Offs and all of this. Just I, all I want to hear the best team won. That's it. Well, the we both know. We both know the better team didn't win those two games. Y'all won. But anyway. That's the way it goes. We'll see what happens. I like I like your chances. I like. Yeah, we were. You know it too. Anyway, um, have a good one. All right, take care. (laughs) No, I really, I really kind of think the Yankees are going to win tonight, but we'll see. Like I say, like I always say, it's baseball. You never, never know what's going to happen. So obviously, I got a Brobridge text. I said John Williams was not even close to being down. That's what they're supposed to say. I get it. Again, that's all part of the fun. But getting back to Paul's delusional point, remember, Paul, uh, everyone, it's it's a rule on this show, everybody's got one team that they can be delusional, outrageous, totally stubborn about. And and for the Yankees, it's the Red Sox. For the Red Sox, it's the Yankees. You're supposed to be delusional and, and irrational. Everyone has one team on this show they're allowed to be irrational, delusional, whatever term you want to use about. Go over the top with their hatred of everyone. Maybe one athlete or one team, that, and it's, 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 it's legal. That's their job. It's his job to be irrational and delusional about the Yankees, just like it's your job to be irrational, delusional about the Red Sox. That's just your job. It would be more legit if those two organizations would be more irrational and delusional and they would stop having players play for both teams, which should never happen. It should have never happened in the history. The minute Babe Ruth was traded for no-no Nanette, there should have been a rule that said that forevermore it's a baseball rule. Like you can't bet on baseball. You can't. No one should be allowed to play for the Yankees and the Red Sox. It should never happen, ever. But no counts like Roger Clemens and Wade Boggs and Mike Stanley did it. Awful. Just awful. All right. So we rattle off what we've had so far, at least most of them. Added a few more, I'm telling you. We're going to have trouble narrowing it down to 10 tomorrow, but we're going to have fun trying. Let's take a timeout. 
We'll come back and maybe get a few more suggestions. The game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. On the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. It's not uncommon here on Footnotes for Kevin Foote's voice and his blood pressure to rise rapidly during the show. The fat guys like you and me need to be watching mop-up time just like the stars do. Sometimes it rises a little too high. That is stupid. Stupid. Not to worry, we have EMT standing by just in case Foot passes out. Back to more Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Ooh, I hope I'm going to win tonight, but I don't know if that's going to happen. Welcome back to Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're on for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Again, I want to tell you about the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with a new Apple Watch. All you have to do is join our brand new text club. Simply text GAME, G-A-M-E, to 337-288-8100. That's 337-288-8100. And you can become be eligible for an Apple Watch. You also have, if you do so, have a chance to win a ton of great prizes, including Astro tickets and more. It's the Game Text Club. Find out more by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Hello. Hi. Yes, sir. This is Paul from St. Martinville. Hey, how you doing? Played. All right, sir. I played from 80 to 83 in the glory days. Uh-huh. Or, or one not so glory. As a senior, we lost to Jennings. Seven nuts. We were driving down the field. They had Dean Blanchard make a awesome. He broke a tackle, got us inside the twenty, and we threw to. I'm gonna just use his first name because we all still want to kill him. Kervin <laughs> uh, threw the ball to Duke standing in the end zone. You can see the crowd. It was standing room only back then. You see the crowd jump up for joy, and they all drop. Down to the knees. Now, now, what round of the playoffs was this? Do you remember? That semi semifinals. Semifinals. So that was before they played Eunice in the finals. Yes, correct. Right. And Eunice was, uh, uh, I think Eunice might have been in their district and was a runner-up. Man, so you lost seven to nothing in the semis to Jennings. Seven nothing. And like I said, I played center. I'd have probably snapped the ball over. I'll hold his head anyway. <laughs> I think I think Coach would have went for two, though. We had Gall and Jean-Baptiste and Lewis Mitchell in the backfield. All right, so, so I've asked this question many times. Who's the best running back to ever play at St. Martinville? Uh, by yardage? No, no, no. And Who's the by, best? Not, by, not, not, well, going by what Coach Delahousie said. It was, well, we called him Daddy Hoos. Uh, 
it was uh, James Shockett. Now you see, that's my guy. I I I I, I thought James Shockett was just fabulous. I, again, I, 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 I've was, always been a Jockett guy on that. You, you know, we had Garland and Lewis, which split the carries. Right. And that was the back back in the day with Herschel Walker. We were all watching him, and uh, when it was Lewis's chance to get the ball, all he could say is Herschel Walker, Herschel Walker, and going over the top. Yeah, I've always I've always been high on James Jacquet, and obviously he underachieved and could have been even better in the college level. We won't go down that road. road yeah. but, and well, we, we talked about Cornelius Gedward like in a couple. Yeah. Yep. But the one thing I want to say that uh, we my three years we were thirty six and four. Our four games we lost. We didn't have school that day. <laughs> routine, routine, two, routine. Two, two parents. Parents Conference and two semifinals with Thanksgiving week. Right I got there. you. I understand. Well, look, I appreciate you calling very much, sir. Thank you. All right. Thank you. All right. Let's go back to love hearing that, guys who play calling, remembering about their high school years. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Good morning, sir. Good morning. I got one for you. I'm listening. Now, I, I wasn't I wasn't there, um, but the young man I coached back in the day in, like, 2011, 2012, it was his senior year at Acadiana, right tackle, uh, at Zachary quarterfinals. He said they, they were up 21-7 at half. It was 21-21. They driving with, like, eight minutes left. He said that Ziggy wasn't playing because he was hurt, and then Monet was out, so Braylon's having to play both ways. He said they, they tackled Braylon. Braylon was for sure on the ground. He rolls the ball away. Yes. Zachary coach starts screaming fumble. They jump on it. The ref comes in from the Zachary sideline, says it's a fumble. When in his mind, he was standing right there. There was no way it was a fumble. And they drive with, with a minute left score and beat uh, Katie Ann. Oh, yes. Quarter. I remember. My daughter was on the sideline, and she and she will forever say he, he didn't fumble. And, and Braylon and everyone there says the same thing. Absolutely remember that game. Yes, sir. How you been? Yeah, Haven't sure. heard from you I've in a while. I've been good, man. I've been good. Just got back from vacation in Kentucky, man. About to start my 24th year there, my friend. Wow. Well, well look, I got one for you. Okay. I know it's not high school, but I got to share it. All right. So we we playing Alamo, right? We, we dominating time of possession. I guarantee we we I'll gain them four to one. Uh huh. Zero 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 forty something seconds left. We had fun with the ball inside the ten three times. So we get down there again. There's forty something seconds left. It's fourth down and four. There's no OT. I said, well, let's go for it. So I call a pass play. You know, I never throw the ball, Kevin. So my wide receiver decides to run an in route when it's supposed to be an out route. The safety picks it off six yards deep in the end zone. He returns it 106 yards for a touchdown, and we lose six nuts. Oh. I'll never forget that as long as I live, my friend. I know the feeling. But, no, I've been good. How, how's Riley? How's the family? Everybody's good? Doing good. As long as the Astros keep winning, Riley and I will be in good shape. Man, that was sweet yesterday, man. Yes. I, I don't know. I was feeling that. I, I had a feeling Castro was going to come through, and he sure did. Steve Sparks called it. I love it. Yep. Absolutely. Well, look, it was good talking to you, man. Tell, you too. Tell your daughter I said hi, all right? I'll do that. Thank you. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Man who coaches at Judy's. It's my roots. Judy's. The Judy's Cardinals, cat. Why you hate unicycles?
Have you ever ridden a unicycle? Hannah has no. that I hate unicycles look on her <laughs> no, face. No, why does it every time I look at y'all with a puzzled face <laughs> or a confused face? That means I already hate something. <laughs> I am not you, sir. <laughs> no, I've never ridden a unicycle. Well, I wasn't talented to enough try. to ride the unicycle. I was just like a grunt. See, back <laughs> when I was in Edudis, we they used to ha- have a circus. They put on a circus every year. They don't do that stuff anymore. They used to put on a, a literal circus in the gym. And 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 obviously the premier attraction was the unicycle team, which for decades was a big deal at Judy's. But I wasn't talented enough to ride a unicycle. I was just, my whole role in the circus was just moving this to here. You know, you got to have the behind-the-scenes yeah. kind of people. That's all I did. I, I couldn't get on them high stilts and do all that fancy stuff. Mm-mm. I don't think I could. I mean, I think I probably could because I did do cheerleading for five years. Oh, you might could. And then, something. you know, did all everything else, sports like that, you know, requires balance. So I probably could, but I have never tried to ride a unicycle, no. Just want to make sure you don't hate unicycles. No, I don't hate them. I okay. just never tried one myself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, but I appreciate Ryan calling. Good luck to the. To the Judy's Cardinals. All right. I have a my, my youngest will be going to Judy's starting next year. So that'll be an interesting challenge. It's unbelievable. When I go in there, when I'm going in there, you know, when one of my kids were going, it still smells exactly like it did in the 1970s. Oh, yeah. It's like when you walk in, I'm like, that's exactly how it smelled 40-something years ago. Yeah, like I've, like I've been out of high school for five years now, but, like, it's still – like going back home, I go in there just to go see somebody. And I'm like, why does this smell the same? same it looks thing. the same. But like, there's oh, something comforting about that, though. Yeah. It's the same. Right. Like you go in there and you're like, oh, there's all the people. Like there's all these kids that are like, you know, now are towering over me and they're only like freshmen. But, you know, I'm short. But it's still like you can go through and like there's all these people in there, but it's still like, all right, I'm going to go this way to go to this person's class and, uh, you know, over here is going to be this lady for lunch duty or you, like, know where things should be. Yeah. And you can picture them. You know, there's, like, all of these, like, you know, two, three hundred kids in there at times. You can still, like, picture where things should be or who should be where. I've heard people say they don't remember their teachers. I could tell you every one of my teachers in my eight years at Judy's from first through eighth grade, everyone, and where their classrooms were. Of course, I went to that school for eight years. So yeah, I, it's I hard to. kind of familiar with it. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, remember, I can probably make out most of my schedules for high school and definitely go through for like junior high and stuff because I was in broadcasting in junior high. So like I had to be the one that got the, the call. Can we have uh, Miss Hannah come to the principal's office? And the whole class goes, ooh, think I'm in trouble. I'm like, I'm not in trouble. I'm going to go film the principal or film something for the well, whole Well, they didn't school. have anything called broadcasting. That would have been interesting if I could have done that. In junior high. That didn't happen. I broadcasted plenty of things, but it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't officially over the um airways. Oh yeah. It was like a two minute you say, you know, your names, what lunch and breakfast are gonna be. I got you. I you got know, you. All little. right. No, I, I get it. I, I get it. I remember that. School food used to be good back then. But anyway. Oh yeah. All right. We'll take a time out. We'll come back, finish out. Today's program on this glorious Thursday. Astros six and two should be eight. No, but I'll take six and two. We'll see what happens tonight on this New York stretch. 
We'll be back on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Welcome back to Footnote. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The Game Clubhouse, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. If you go there, you could join the Game Clubhouse, which puts you eligible for all kind of prizes, including $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House, $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen, or $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse's Steakhouse, as well as Astro tickets and many other great prizes. Again, you got to join the clubhouse. If you haven't done it, do so today. It's free. It's simple. So sign up today. All right. We've got just a few minutes left in this Thursday edition. We'll have it will tomorrow will be interesting. We'll be going into our holiday weekend, July 4th holiday weekend. We will be having to try to narrow all these great suggestions, and we still got a couple more that have been suggested. I've been trying to kind of space them out. I, I, I like do two or three or four a day, other than anybody who calls in with some additions, which we got today. And so we've still got two or three really good ones that we haven't even mentioned yet. So I'll do that tomorrow, and then we got to try to narrow it down to ten. I don't know how we're going to do that, but we'll we'll try. It's not official. There's nothing. There's no right or wrong answers. It's just kind of trying to gauge the heartache. And kind of like it was for me with baseball last week, I kind of tend to go to, you know, like if you're the New York Yankees, how much heartbreak can you have? Although there was one Yankee loss I put in the top ten because it was such a great series full of heartbreak for one way or the other and drama. But I don't know. I tend to lean towards teams that have never done it before and was right on the verge of doing something that they had never done before. The ones that the the medicine season eligible teams, basically. I kind of lean towards those because to me, that's just true heartbreak. Like the Minnesota Miracle, if the Saints had zero Super Bowl wins, the Minnesota Miracle, for me anyway, would have hurt a little more. The NFC Championship game would have hurt a little more. That's just me. I understand other people look at it differently. If I didn't have a Super Bowl, I might have had a heart attack after the championship game or the Minnesota Miracle. But I, I, it's a little better. That Same thing with Game 7 of the World Series against the Nationals. All right. Appreciate all the phone calls. We're going to have a lot more fun again tomorrow. Y'all have a nice day.